This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priests said her any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Start collecting your Irish rugby stickers today. Konnichiwa, you're very welcome to the Left Wing Rugby World Cup Daily Independent Daily's Rugby Podcast. We're here in Tokyo, myself, Rory O'Connor, Jonathan Bradley and Keen Tracy. Um, we've all been at a, uh, scattered around the city today. It's a bit later than usual and we're sorry for that, but it's been a busy day, lads. Keen, you were at the All Blacks. Jonathan, you were, you were with me at Ireland. Um, Keen, I think I'll start with you because the All Blacks are always interesting in these weeks. Um, they put Ian Foster, who's potentially going to be Steve Hansen's successor, up today. Um, it sounded like he wasn't he wasn't playing ball with a lot of Steve Hansen was great yesterday. It sounded like he was a bit more cranky today. Yeah, I think we've seen that a couple of times when he's when he's been in Ireland. He can be a bit chippy. I guess you know the usual sort of form when you go to another team's press conference, you kind of let the the host nation or the nation you kind of lead it off. And he was real chippy with a few of the the Kiwi journalists, um, like real straightforward questions about kind of asking about Andy Farrell's fence stuff that we'd be really interested in and. He's kind of saying, like, go ask him. You know, he's the one who's done it to us. And it was real chippy stuff, but he warmed to the task, thankfully. We got a few lines out of him. We got there eventually. Um, the usual stuff that we're not going to change our game plan from because Bundy Aki is banned. But he did know the name of Ireland's other centres, which was pretty good and more information what they normally do. They normally tell you they have other good guys and even Ardy Surveyor named check CJ Stander, which I was kind of like, okay, okay, they, you know. We're, they, we're getting better yeah, than the days of Sean O'Brien and the guys. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, we were saying that yesterday, it used to be just Sean O'Brien and O'Driscoll, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. They, I think I was speaking to you about this off air they're towing the party line um, and in fairness I saw Keen Healy from you guys came out and said it that the past counts for nothing but they're trying to say that it, it has no relevance at all and I don't agree with that that okay they are going to be incredibly difficult to beat at a World Cup their record speaks for itself but to think that they're not going to look back in last November or Chicago and what Ireland do to them would be absolutely naive. And I'm writing a piece on, on that for tomorrow's paper. They haven't lost in the World Cup since 2007. And while last week's draw, it goes down against Italy, they've won 17 games in a row. So they're, they're warning Ireland that, you know, come at us. But beating us at a World Cup is very different to a November test, which of course it is. But Sanzar obviously rearranged the Super Rugby season to give them, you know, the better chance to peak and it's worked for them so far, but I think they will be they will be concerned about what Ireland have. Even Ian Foster was asked again, like Hansen was yesterday, what Joe Schmidt will have up his sleeve and 
they're, I think they're on edge a little bit because they know that Joe Schmidt will have something up his sleeve. And like we said yesterday, whether Ireland can deliver on that is going to be the difference between them actually firing a shot and having a realistic chance of beating them. Sounds like a bit of a contrast, Jonathan, from what we heard at uh, Ireland camp where everything is very, very rosy despite the ban for Bundiaki and everyone appears to be very, very confident. Yes, certainly a few of the guys mentioned uh, the energy that they've had in training. Obviously, they haven't been doing a heck of a lot, having had a travel day yesterday, but it was one of those sort of press conferences where you do come away thinking that certainly they seem in a better place than maybe we thought they were um, a couple of weeks ago from the Japan and the Russia game, which obviously they have to be because as has been alluded to the entire way through, this is the biggest game for this entire squad's life, basically. You know, you talk about people of the stature of Johnny Sexton saying that, Kane Healy saying that, guys that have won everything with Lancer played in such huge games. Johnny Sexton's played in two deciding Lions tests and they're channeling that into what really does have to be a very close to peak performance here. Keen, you, I think, uh, recorded Ian Foster's thoughts. Um, do you want to tee it up for us there? Yeah, so I was. So we were sort of asking him, you know, is he expecting Joe Schmidt to, to come up with a, a trick play and another one of these party lines that they're towing all week because you were obviously there yesterday, Rod, is that they've been training the house down. And for me, I think that's a bit of nervous tension that they wanted that last game against Italy because, let's face it, they would have beaten Italy, but to fine-tune a couple of things, to get the game time for the likes of Jack Goodhue, um, Brody Ritalik, and I, f- I felt like the players mentioning it as well as Ian Foster on the back of Hansen yesterday, just sort of, I don't know, there's a little there's some, there's some, a little bit of doubt, I think, because they haven't had that game, and while they might have trained the house down, it's going to be very different, but yeah, here's Ian Foster anyway talking about what it'll be like to, to face Ireland. Uh, pretty good, really. I mean, a lot's been made of um, their performance against against Japan, and, and or, or I think um, if you flip that over, you've probably got to really pat Japan on the back for that game. Well, they played really, really well, but I think if you look at you know, like Japan beat Scotland by seven, and that's a great win. But Ireland, Ireland were were pretty ruthless against Scotland, and, and really put them away when they needed to. And and they looked good against Samoa with with 14 men. So they'll, they'll I'm pretty sure they'll be uh, primed and ready. No, not really. I think um, look how you use the past as interest, and you can. You gather information from from last wins and, and, and losses, but really it's it's about not going in with too many assumptions and just um, seeing what turns up and, and reacting accordingly. But you know they're, they're a quality team, we know that, and they've got some they're very experienced. Um, but so are we, and we just got to go in and and play with the cards we've been dealt with this week and and get excited about that, which you know we're we're working hard on that. On, on just preparing ourselves, we've, we've had a sort of a week off in terms of game time, and and the guys are, are really excited about it. Well, that was Ian Fuzzy Foster. Um, Bundiaki came along and ruined everyone's night last night. Um, th- th- we've no, very few tales of Tokyo, although you've been in out about Shinjuku a bit. Kane, um, got the, Kane had the burger of his life last night. It sounds like um, a little bit of bit of wagyu beef. You weren't happy though. No, well, I mean, you besmirched the name of a fine Dublin establishment. Who we, we should try and get them to sponsor. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be professional here. Um, Bunyaki decision. I mean, Ireland contested the red card 
which was an interesting way to go, I think. Uh, World Rugby came out with a fairly uh, definitive statement about the process that they went through, uh, you know, laying out very clearly why they decided to to uh, back Nick Berry essentially and uphold the the red card and uh, impose a three week ban based, you know, uh, halved from six weeks. To me, it was fair enough. I mean, I think everyone knew the sanctions coming in. Bunyaki can count himself as as unfortunate. We spoke a bit about it yesterday, but um, what are they losing, I, I suppose, is what we should. Now that we know that he won't be here, even if Ireland go on and uh, play in a semi-final and a final, they won't have Bundyaki in the centre. They will have him at training. There are a few clarified today, but they won't have him on the pitch on Saturdays. Um, what, are, what, are we, what, what are Ireland losing here, and, and how do you think the squad is set with the three remaining centres, plus maybe Jordan Larmour or Keith Earls to fill in where necessary to go on and you know try and do something at this World Cup? I think the word that everybody's used, because obviously everyone that's been up since has been asked this, you know, what are they losing? And everybody has said physicality. That's what Bundy's bringing to the midfield. I don't know what you guys think. I am probably would have been leaning towards thinking that you were going to get a much better Robbie Henshaw this week than we saw against Samoa, and that being the case, that your best centre partnership for this week, given the opposition and given everything that goes into it, would have been... Ringrose coming back in alongside Henshaw, that, that's not to diminish the loss that Bundy is to the squad as a whole for the rest of the tournament, but it's given the back row injuries, it's probably the one position that Ireland could lose a frontline starter and you'd still feel relatively confident that you're not actually going to lose anything from the starting 15. I agree with you that I, I still think Henshaw and Ringrose is the preferred partnership. I think the time they've had in Leinster together, that, that counts for so much. But I don't know, Joe Schmidt has pretty much picked Bundyaki every time he's been available. And I think that if he was available this weekend, he might have gone with him. Um, he's never let Ireland down. I know he was poor in the England warm-up game, but he still scored that sensational try. And everyone was poor that day. But... I don't know, I think, I think Joe Schmidt will be absolutely gutted to lose Bundyaki because even when you look back to the Grand Slam campaign while the centres were dropping like flies around him, he was the one constant in that campaign. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think Joe Schmidt will be disappointed, but, I mean, having Robbie Henshaw, and like you said, he was rusty against Samoa. Like, he had a couple of, you know, uncharacteristic moments, but I didn't think he was poor by by any means I thought he had a couple of big moments even in the build up to John Ryan's try the way he latched on to Aki to make sure that he made that carry was absolutely crucial to for Furlong beating those four defenders on the line so I'd have absolutely no concerns about Ringrose and Henshaw being the starting partnership because it would have it would have been the way I would have went anyway but to have someone like Aki when Henshaw is so injury prone it's, it's a massive loss I don't think John Ryan scored a try last week Sorry, did I, Tyke Furlong. Tyke Furlong, yeah. Sorry, I don't know where you John, Ryan, John Ryan on the mind, sorry. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, this yeah. is about the 15th one of these that have sorry. happened in the last two days. I think everybody's starting to feel the pace of this yeah, World Cup. Yeah, sorry. Apologies to Tyke Furlong. Did I get my match report sorry, right? I, I could have sworn that was Tyke Furlong throwing the throwings out as well. It would have been a big moment If John Ryan did that, that would be something else. It would have been very impressive. Yeah, I think you're both right. I think that this was always... I think there was two teams that Joe Schmidt had in his mind for this week and one was for the Springboks and one was for the All Blacks and I think the centre partnership that of Henshaw and Ringrose is perfect for the All Blacks whereas Aki and Henshaw is probably perfect for the Springboks although the one person who didn't talk about physicality was Anton Lena Brown he used to play with Bundy at the Chiefs and said that Ireland will lose his X Factor which was an interesting one he said look they've got good centres um, but 
Bundy is a different proposition and, and I think he's one of those players I know they've started listing off names a bit but they all know Bundy Aki particularly the Chiefs players so that you lose a bit of that respect it's, it, and fear. it's interesting that Leonard Brown said the X Factor because we probably haven't seen a huge amount of X Factor when Bundy's been playing with Ireland and that is not to say that he hasn't been outstanding for Ireland he has but I think the one sort bit, of uh, the big disappointment of Bundy in an Ireland jersey for me has been that he, we haven't seen him do what he does, does for, for Connacht exactly well he did it against England in that game and when he did it it was sensational that try he scored yeah. like not many players can score a try like that but I guess he's playing a role as well exactly he's playing the Joe Schmidt role and, he's, no. and Robbie Henshaw now is going to have to play that role and we know that Robbie Henshaw doesn't like being categorised as this guy who's just going to truck, yeah, yeah. truck it up the middle but that's the role that Joe Schmidt wants his 12 to play and that's the role that Robbie Henshaw is going to play but it is a pity because I think Henshaw and Bundyaki are both explosive they've shown it for their promises and like you said the way Bundy plays for Connacht is very, very different to the way he plays for Ireland. It's just like it's a bit of an oddity I think in general a footnote I suppose but like the fact that Joe Schmidt will leave essentially his role as Ireland coach without us really having a great handle on who his first choice centre partnership was because the three of them have been available at the same time so infrequently. You've really got, I suppose, the Australia tour um, and the day that Henshaw went to fullback against England. Like, It's been an incredible run of injuries. Bundy's probably been the most, well, certainly been the most robust of all of them, but um, I think even at this stage, like we're still debating, you know, whether he would have played against the All Blacks, he would have played against South Africa. And the truth is, we don't really know what Joe would have done, I think. It's worth m- mentioning Chris Farrell as well, who's another player who's never really let Ireland down. And he's a favourite. a good World Cup too. A very good World Cup. He's a favourite of Joe Schmidt. So that also, you mentioned... He loves the centre, doesn't he? I mean, if you, if you think about it, he likes all these, these players. Or, yeah, yeah. He speaks highly of because all Because they, they can all play, apart from Ringrose, those three can play that 12 role that, that is so important to a Joe Schmidt team. And... I would have no concerns about Farrell being the next man in after that either because he does such a such a good role and it was interesting speaking of centres got a bit of sort of interesting feedback from a few Kiwi journalists today about which way the All Blacks might go this week with their team and I certainly wouldn't have if it comes to pass wouldn't have seen these these two moves coming but there's some talk that Brody Retallick might start on the bench for one and um, have him coming on for the last half an hour which would be interesting I sort of assumed that he was just too important to start in a, in a game like this and in terms of the centres um, Leonard Brown may be playing 12 with Jack Goodhue with no no Ryan Crotty in the team that's the way the, the Kiwis are feeling it at the moment and with Sonny Bell on the bench with Sonny Bill on the bench, yeah. And is it Tui Lobo to start at, at second row, or are they talking about Scott Barrett? Scott Barrett. Okay, that's Scott Barrett, that's what, that was the word from the Kiwi Journal, Scott Barrett and Sam Whitelock. You're killing my comment piece for tomorrow here. Oh, sorry, well, <laughs> you said have loads of time left back home. To <laughs> yeah. Apologies. Well, we ha- yeah, we haven't, we haven't even started <laughs> yet. What do you make it? <laughs> Leonard Brown <laughs> at 12 is interesting, he's isn't been, it? He's been very good at this tournament, though. I mean, but at yeah. 13, it's a different kind of role. You can imagine Robbie Henshaw sending, going down his channel if yeah, that came to pass. He's a good player. Look, I mean, I think down in the Kiwis, although Leonard Brown's a really good player and so is Goodhue, but they don't have the class and experience of the team four years ago or, or eight years ago. And that's always been the risk. It's why I wrote back in November that they that they've never been as vulnerable in, in certainly in the last in the last two World Cup cycles. They are not the team of, of old. They have unbelievable class. Um, they have more dangerous players than anyone else, and a very very good pack. But I mean, Ireland probably have a stronger, well, certainly stronger props. Um, mm. They're man for man in the second row, and their back row is on its day. Although it hasn't performed really well in the last year. You know they have shown against this all back back row they can they can blast them out of the water like they took they made like Ardy Sevilla has been one of the players of the World Cup 
he was he was anonymous in Dublin uh, a, a year ago. Sam Kane has had his struggles against Ireland. He hasn't um, quite looked the same since that neck injury. No, yet, but like, so, like these guys is, do have the potential just to turn around. Well, like, look, you're, you're talking about a, a team that's never won a, a knockout game against a team as you mentioned who's won their last six knockout games and claimed the title for the last two. So there is a different pedigree, but you know there is as you get closer to it, you kind of start in your head coming up with different reasons why this Ireland team could do it. Uh, yeah, I wonder, are they looking at if Ritalik is going to be on the bench? And again, this is just a talk from the Kiwi journalists. Do they not want to play Ritalik and Jack Hoodhue because they're both so short on game time? And it'd be very interesting if that Jack Goodhue was the one who gets the start. But I think so much of that is down to the way Leonard Brown has played. And if that comes to pass, you've got to admire Steve Hansen for backing his man because Ryan Crotty has been so central to what the All Blacks have done over the last couple of years. Same with the Crusaders. And yeah, it'd be a bit of a surprise if, from my point of view, if he doesn't play, but that's the way, that's the, way the talk is going at the moment. Well, we've plenty more to talk about over the course of the week. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll maybe talk a bit more about Ireland's team selection, although we're, I think we're all veering towards it being quite predictable. But for now, we'll, we'll leave it for today and we'll talk to you then. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.